listening to Big Sore Natural. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 When I'm smoking greens, cause I'm on your team. When I smoke the sea, cause I'm such a team. High as a kite, smoking Walter White. When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple. Smoking on the blunt, cause I wanna run. Smoking on the green, cause it makes me lean. Smoking on the ground, I smoke and scream. When I hit the blunt, it's a click of cut. When I hit the blunt, I get fuck. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. Hello, hey pigs and prayer warriors. Kendall's gone because once again I have kicked them out for transgressing against me um, in problematic ways, which I will not go into detail about because it is, I think, actually a macroaggression to expect me to explain things to you, the audience. Um, and while some people might be saying, oh, Cerise, in every episode, you're so ableist against Kendall. You tell Kendall that her autism is a flautism. I'm allowed to do that. Um, and so this episode, we're, we're centering uh, BIPOC as well as non-binary Ukrainian voices, um, because we still have some questions to answer. And, and Kendall is actually just uh, busy, like busy joining the corporate like elite um, of America or something. I think Kendall has a job at like Goldman Sachs that they have to get to. Um, not sure if they're going to be a part of this podcast anymore. We'll see what the Goldman Sachs CEO has to say. Um, yeah, but we, Mr. Sachs. We have our friend Riley here. Yeah, you went and found, you said, who is the nearest um, white, gender nonconforming, neurodivergent person I can find to replace Kendall? And here I am. You're probably not the nearest one. If Kendall is nearest, Portland, nearest to your heart, nearest to your heart, okay, perhaps. I'm sure that Kendall could throw a rock and find a couple like white <laughs> neurodivergent gender nonconforming people in Portland. Yeah, I don't think that would be a struggle. No, but you're one of the one of the good ones. I would say oh. that you're like a credit to your race. This is going to be shown in court someday when I'm on trial for the crime for of what? being white okay are you gonna are you gonna do a hate crime is that happening <laughs> no not today i okay. might do a hate crime against a sapiosexual well what is it that i said before is it a hate crime if you love doing it <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting for the answer i think it's not i think that that defense would hold up in court I think the Supreme Court would be on your side. Like, Your Honor, this was not motivated by hate at all. <laughs> it was motivated by love. It was for the love of the by, game. By a love of bullying. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't get me. You're just like my parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so we we have like um advice questions that people um, asked us because we did promise to like heal people's mental health but I have something on my mind that I wanted to I wanted to try it out with you um, oh, as, no. as a, you, you as, didn't tell me about this yeah, so what's well, as, happening? as a member of the community I just want to know okay so there are like 
straight guys, right? Who for like, I think for lack of a better vocabulary, I feel like we can only describe them as like, what if straight guys were like, and then in parentheses, like derogatory, homophobic, Mm -hmm. gay. Like what Mm -hmm. if, like, and that's, and that's a kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You're with me here? I think I'm following you so far, yeah. And I think that those guys are like, the guys that filled themselves like humping the air on TikTok, right? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is not, typical heterosexual behavior but you are you are doing it and you're doing it allegedly for women but now now you're like what what if a straight guy was gay but like in in a problematic um like unpleasant to be around sort of way and it's like a straight guy that goes to a mitski concert Mm. to pick up Mm -hmm. women right and what about this guy? <laughs> Are you just hypothesizing about this no, kind of person? So no, no, no. We're, so we're establishing the premise that this kind of guy exists. Okay. I feel like that's clearly then, established. We can establish that. From there, I'm saying Obama is that kind of guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. That's a lot to take in all at once. Um because think about it, okay? In his memoir, he said that he started reading like Foucault and Marcuse and um, right. like Marx in order to impress the bisexual who wore mostly black and the long-legged like sociology major and and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is exactly the same as like a straight guy going to a Mitzi yeah. concert like with his nails painted black saying like, I love the queer vibe in here tonight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I, I love inclusion mm-hmm. and when it includes people I can sleep with. Obama also every year he puts out his reading list. He puts out his uh-huh. like music I'm listening to list. And I was, I think it came out today and I was looking at it. And one of the people on it is like Hanya, Yanni Gahara, who wrote like a little life. Um, mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, I can't, there's no way, like, there's no way he's actually reading this. And like, I think yeah. last year he said that he was listening, he was listening to Mitski even. Mm-hmm. And people were like, no mm-hmm. way is this man like actually listening to yeah. Mitski. But I think that he is because I, I think, think so that he's, he's horny for like women that wear eyeliner. Do you think, though, that he has, like, outsourced the labor of finding out what those things are to, like, bisexual, non-binary interns? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's probably... I wonder how much money is in the making Obama appealing to bisexual women industry. He's probably telling them to, like, spend a lot of their time on, like, the, the part of Instagram where people post, like pictures of Fiona Apple with like sad text over it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and like on on like the gardening side of TikTok and stuff yeah and that's just like what his staffers have to do so that they can come back and be like listen like the girls this year they're all really into Mitski's new album and then he yeah. puts out his list and he goes my fellow Americans uh, I love eating pussy and <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mind it if you do either. In fact, 
I think it's cool. Yeah, he's like, follow everyone who has a fine line snake tattoo on their arm and find her Spotify profile. And then they're just kind of combing. I think it's a lot of data mining, Mm -hmm. a lot of like combining, curating. If you like your girlfriend's pussy, you can Mm -hmm. hang it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, can uh, can I join? <laughs> I Wait, love the queer vibe here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the White House had a queer vibe when Obama was in office? Well, he did say in his memoir that he didn't think that Pete Buttigieg could like ever be president because he's too short and gay. So I feel like. The vibe was not that queer. <laughs> yeah. I feel like what I'm hearing is a truth teller. Mm-hmm. Someone who speaks what people need to hear. How like short I think is that he even. He can't be that short. I think he's like five 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 six. Really? Maybe. I he looks short. He looks very short to me. That's fine. Wait, out. did I tell you T drama alert. I wrote a piece about um Bernie Sanders losing the nomination for them. Dot oh, us, oh, a Condé Nast publication for queers, mm-hmm. and half of it was about half of it was basically to me dunking on Pete Buttigieg, and they deleted it like a few months ago. I tried to find it on their website and it was gone. So I just want to say, the anti Pete Buttigieg narrative is being erased, mm-hmm. um, well, and I'm being erased along with it. Not really that short, but he's my least favorite height for a man to be. Um, he's mm. 5'9 um, which is not, it's, that's not short but I, I think my, my no. thoughts on 5'9 men are well documented where okay. a 5'10 and up man who's like not 6 foot right he can lie and say that he's mm-hmm. 6 foot and he can still kind of like coast off of the benefits of being tall right. um, versus, and a man that's like 5'8 and under he is not tall and he can't be like oh I'm like I'm six foot, he can't lie and do that. So right. he's got to develop other things. And so either he like can become cool, uh, or or he can develop like a complex um, mm. about being short. But a five nine guy, like he's so close to being able to lie, and he he can't because his yeah. five his five ten like comrades are are already doing that. Um, yeah, oh, but I think he's he trapped. Even, his proximity to power without his his access to it makes him really Ugh. annoying to be around because he's never really had to learn the lessons of what it means to be a short guy, but he's also not getting the, the benefits of being tall. And that's Pete. You know, that's why he's like that. That's why he's all wrapped up in respectability politics. If he was 5'8", things would be yeah. different. If he was 5'8", he would like probably be at a circuit party having a good time like he exactly. should exactly i'm looking up james charles height oh my god guess what guess what, what? five nine you're exactly exact case that's closed. what i thought it's exactly what i thought it's a vibe. It's a specific vibe. It's a five nine vibe. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's why. That's why James Charles is so famous and still can't just like get a normal boyfriend because no. he's five nine. No. Yeah. You don't act like that in people's DMs um, when you've had to develop no. like a cool personality from being five eight or under, or when you're just like hot to everyone that has no standards. 
for right. being close to six foot. Exactly. Yeah, you don't message seventeen-year-old straight boys on Instagram unless you're five nine. Yeah, and okay, I will. I'm gonna say it. Like this is. I don't know if this is problematic or not. Um, but like, it's it's first of all like abhorrent, right? And like gross to be messaging seventeen-year-olds um, on like Snapchat or like wherever it is. And I don't think a grown man should be on Snapchat either. Like that's not Mm-mm. that's not an Mm-mm. app for adults. But secondly. There's, like, 17-year-old straight boys are, like, the least least attractive category of person that there yeah. could ever be. When I was One 17, of the most disgusting groups of people, for sure. I thought that sure. they were gross. Yeah. You have yeah, to respect I mean, yourself. Well, that's probably the core of the issue, is that he has no self-respect. Because he's 5'9". Because he's 5'9", and he knows he can never change that. Speaking of self-respect... I think this is a good time to maybe answer one of the questions, which all of these were written for myself and Kendall, but like you can do, you can do what Kendall does, but you can do it even better because you're a non-binary Ukrainian. Um, That's what I keep saying. That's what I keep texting Kendall every mm -hmm. day. And I don't know why they won't respond anymore. (laughs) 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 I keep texting just like anything you can do, I can do better. And it's like, Kendall, You're not hurting me. Yes, no, slay. Kendall's not. <laughs> yeah, Kendall doesn't even say like slay they queen, like nothing like that. That's really sad. I, I assumed that the two of your text messages when I'm not in the group or is just like constant appropriation of AV. So it's kind of sad mm-hmm. to hear that those conversations aren't even happening at all. But, yeah. Um, this first mm-hmm. question is okay. I'm coming to the two of you. I mean, me and me and you, uh, because I feel like you won't judge me. But I think without actually putting a label on it, I might be a sapiosexual. When I go on a first date with someone and they say something dumb, I never want to see them again. Am I valid for feeling this way, or should I power through it? If not, how do I find myself my intellectual equal? Sincerely, three hundred IQ lover. First you of all, they were dates. wrong. <laughs> they were wrong in assuming that we wouldn't judge them. I just want to yeah, say that. I am, <laughs> I am judging. And I don't know why anyone that listens to this podcast would think that I am not judging uh, or, or even think nicely of any of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> you have clearly established your hatred for I everyone who's in the orbit of don't like this them. podcast. Um. You go on dates. Do people say dumb things? Thank you. Um, yeah, I will say. Of dumb, like. Well, that's. I feel like that's my problem with a question like this. Is I don't like what's dumb to me. I have gone on a lot of dates with like, sort of smart people, who, are still kind of like idiots in specific annoying ways. So like, I don't know what is dumb to this person like Mm. should we just assume they mean like genuinely like someone who isn't very like base level intelligent i think they probably mean like what is what do they call it book book smart maybe Mm. yeah i mean i don't know i prefer people who are just like nice and kind i don't really care if people are smart or not um i mean i want to be able to have an intelligent conversation but i'm not like 
I don't know. I don't need someone to like, I like be a reader, but maybe I'm dumb too. So like, maybe I don't have the ground to stand on here. Maybe I'm not relating. Uh, as a genius, um, who's been like <laughs> really smart my whole life. I feel like this is the result of the U S education system creating mm, like mm-hmm. gifted kid programs and making yeah. people think that they're special for being able to like read the magic treehouse series a little bit faster mm-hmm. than some other people. Um, right. Because I, the idea of an intellectual equal is kind of silly. Um, yeah. I think that like, obviously there are different kinds of like intelligences and stuff. And like, if someone I don't know like if you're going on a date and someone says something dumb and i'm assuming that they just mean dumb as in like they don't know something because if it was like rude or offensive or whatever then mm-hmm. they would say that it's like okay like they don't know they don't know something right you probably also don't know a lot of things you clearly don't yeah. know things because you're asking this weird question you are lacking in what uh scientists call like social skills um which is that is a kind of intelligence is like be being able to like socially interact with people and like not have people think damn you're a freak uh, and not everyone is really good at that um and being good yeah. at it is like a like a form of intelligence i don't know like i feel like i'm on the not to brag but i'm on the opposite end of this problem sometimes where i'm just so i'm so smart and I'm so accomplished that people get like, they get intimidated and they're like, well, I'm scared. They know so much. But I think just like everyone's got insecurity about like their intelligence, except for me. Um, Right. And so I think sometimes people who are insecure about that and they want to see themselves as smart, like they need to attach themselves to other people Mm -hmm. that they feel like, Mm mirror what they see in themselves because then that's like a, a way of getting validated that right they are actually that because they're they're attracting people that they feel are on the same level as them and then for people who like feel like they aren't they will also get insecure if like if they're around someone that they like see as really intelligent because they assume that this person is looking down on them which like honestly right. based on the way that former gifted kids like to act i don't think it's it's an unfair um yeah assumption but i, think I also gotta get over it i i think you gotta like there's like two options one is get over it and acknowledge sometimes people are gonna say things on a date that are gonna sound dumb but two is like maybe examine whether this is are you like putting are you like self-sabotaging are you just waiting for someone to say something so that you don't have to like them or you don't have to have emotional intimacy with someone like maybe you just don't like going on dates too like it's kind of an awkward situation and people do tend to be nervous and say Mm. weird things on dates like I have said a lot of things on first dates that genuinely are just not even things I think or are true because I'm nervous um, I don't know. I make stuff up a lot because I get nervous. Gemini behavior. <laughs> yeah, no, truly. Anytime I feel like 
or if someone or let's say someone like loves marvel movies i will like generate opinions about marvel movies that i don't know anything about because i want to have something to talk with them about um but then maybe they think my take on that is stupid but i'm like i only said that so that we could continue the conversation you know like our mutual friend steven lied to mm -hmm. me for years um because I've not seen any of the Marvel movies except for Black Panther. And so uh, I thought for years and years that one of the main characters of the Avengers was a guy named Quickjaw, whose superpower was that he could get his weapon out faster than anyone else. So he was hard to take in a fight because mm -hmm. like, he'd always quick, quick draw his, his weapon. Right. Um, and I... 100% would get into conversations with people if they started talking about the Marvel movies and I'd be like, oh yeah, and Quick Draw. Uh, it's your, like it's your favorite? Like yeah, what do you think about Quick Draw? <laughs> <laughs> I also, I thought that he was British. He was the one British oh. Avenger. He was played by, who's the guy in, in Bridget Jones' diary? Like, Hugh Grant. Oh. Hugh Grant? He thought Hugh Grant was in the MCU? Yeah, he's quick draw. <laughs> Honestly, this sounds like kind of a character that would, like, I would fall for this too if I'd never seen them. I had also not seen, I still haven't, um, the Game of Thrones series. Um, and <laughs> once again, our mutual friend Stephen, my co-host of Clout Dynasty, convinced me that the orcs in Game of Thrones were like a uh, like a racist you know how like in um, in Lord of the Rings right like the, the mm -hmm. orcs are kind of like racially coded um, right. and so he was saying that the orcs in Game of Thrones were like racially coded as Polish because George R. R. Martin like had he's like an old he's an old white guy so he's got old timey white people prejudices and so he didn't like the Polish and he wrote that into his books. And I, again, just believed my friend because I, I trust Jacqueline, I, I don't trust think there are that's even. That's not my name. I don't, Cerise, uh, edit this later. Make a note, make a note. Uh, <laughs> um, Cerise, I don't think there's even orcs in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fantasy series, right? So not only did Stephen lie about the racial undertones of the orcs, <laughs> he lied about their mere presence. <laughs> well, then I looked really stupid because I would get into conversations with people and be like, I can't believe that HBO just like is doing 1920s style racism. Anti-Polish propaganda. Like, with the Polish orcs. And then people would just be like, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh my God. But you know, none, sort of... Of it, none of it makes any sense when people talk to you about this. No, it things. doesn't. It's, it's nonsense. It's all so insular. So I assumed, you know, why not? Like It's insular and that's ableism, works. actually, for yeah. things to be so complicated and for me to not understand them. And if I were going on a ton of first dates... I'm sure at some point the Polish orcs would have come up and then someone would have been like, oh, you're dumb. Um, exactly. And you would have just been someone who was a victim of misinformation. Mm -hmm. As we all which is valid. have been. 
Uh, yeah, from this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I like to spread misinformation, which is like a, mm -hmm. a way that I enact reparations, I guess, against the times that I've been lied to. Um, I think instead of getting fixated on whether or not people are dumb on first dates, you should just make sure that you're always eating on a, on a first date. Because I think yeah, that if or you like don't doing eat, something. If you don't eat, then it's, the date's bad. You need to eat. You need to like do an activity together. You ideally need like two locations so mm. you don't feel like stuck at one. Like and you then need, you, get to you say, know, let's take this to a second location. Yeah, but the second location needs to be planned first. Like, don't just go <laughs> with someone to a second location <laughs> unannounced. Um, I yeah, I I really do think maybe you just are going on dates with people that. Are saying things like. that are making you turned off like maybe, maybe... You don't already like them, which yeah exactly I'm sure, I... a, I'm sure that's a thing if you're on like the apps that you're going on dates with people that you don't like right i think they're overthinking know. it yeah which is very sapiosexual so maybe they are sapiosexual and they're valid i don't know i don't think that they're valid but they might be a sapiosexual yeah you might think you're sapiosexual <laughs> Do you want to pick the, the next question? Let's yes. Call, what's calling out to you? Um, I want to go back up to another dating question. People asked us a lot about love. I want to go to question nine, which is a voicemail. Um, Hello, my name is Richard Wad, and I'm calling the Big Soy Naturals uh, love hotline because I want to know what it is about me where I like get into relationships where like maybe first the person is really into me but then I'm not into them but as soon as they're not into me I'm into them and then like it keeps on going in that pattern and like what can I do to break this cycle thank you Richard, can I call you Dick? Um, yeah. I think, Dick, that we asked our listeners to have, like, a mental health episode in our inbox, mm -hmm. and, you, and you did that, and I mm -hmm. have to thank you for that. This is a crazy question. Um, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I support that. Sometimes, sometimes I'm crazy, too. I'm not crazy yeah. like that, because... Because I think I know what's going on here, but I wonder, um, Riley, if you have any any ideas, any insight. I it's interesting to me when people are like, so here's exactly what I'm doing. I don't like. How do I stop? I'm like, I don't stop. Like yeah. I don't know. How to, I don't know what to. Just close your eyes. Just go outside. Yeah, I would say maybe Google um, avoidant attachment style. Um, that might have some information that's useful to you. Mm. Um, definitely sounds like that but other than that like maybe it's like a kink thing no um, that's not valid that's not that's not <laughs> one of the no we don't prescribe people kinks on the on the podcast well i feel like the question is what does dick want like i feel like you have to think about do you want do you genuinely want to be in a relationship if I you are preventing that from happening then like stop I think that Dick uh, has just, like, extremely low self-esteem, and mm. that is what this is, because I think if you're only chasing after people when they don't like you, and then as soon as they like you, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with them, 
Yeah. The, the common denominator there is like you and the lack of interest mm -hmm. in you. And I mm -hmm. think like losing respect for someone once they start liking you is, is a sign that you think that that, that like, cause that's the action that makes that makes you no longer interested in them. I think that's a sign that you think that someone liking you, um, yeah. makes like a person not worthy of your respect. And I think that like, you probably should just not, not date until you figure that out. Because, well, I agree okay, because like, we you never want to date someone who like hates themselves. No, offense no, to people that hate no. themselves, but just that like they're going to, um, they're not feeling good about themselves. They don't think that they deserve good things because they don't like themselves. And so, if you are like a good thing in their life, they're going to be suspicious of it um, completely, or like view you as something that that is like attached to I guess the way that they feel about themselves and a lot of the time when those people um like do develop some self-esteem they end up leaving the people that they were dating when they didn't mm -hmm. feel good about themselves mm -hmm. because they were like oh this is all that I deserve right now and they probably weren't asserting themselves like the way that you need to so yeah I think that dick's just gotta be gotta be single no dating I think dick needs to not just be single but i think dick needs to have a hoe era because i think it's really important sometimes to learn how to accept casual mutual attraction in like True. little small bites I also like think if you but sometimes you can fill the holes in your heart by filling the holes in your body i completely agree i don't think you can do that forever all the time but i think for at least periods of your life it can be i think if people have emotional intimacy issues and they don't have a lot of sex generally sometimes trying to have sex more can actually help you kind of unlock something like that and i think the reverse can also be true if you have a lot of sex and you have intimacy issues then you should like lean off a little bit yeah yeah because I, I think that if you like have a have a little casual sex era and you are doing it in a way that's like fun then it helps you like not mm, i think like turn one person into your everything mm. Mm -hmm. um, and also it like helps you realize that you can enjoy time with people without it becoming right. like a huge thing and also like feel like people enjoy you and like mm -hmm. like being around you without having like really intense expectations on you um, I think it like prevents you from getting yeah. into that like all or nothing mentality that some people oh, have totally. where it's like you have to be in love or you hate them like, the, you should be it able sounds to like, like and respect people without totally the whole thing dick have sex with your friends like no do not have sex with your <laughs> friends <laughs> you will push them away by being weird you, no that's true maybe if you, they maybe want it get on an app yeah get on an app get on grinder there's if you're straight there's girls on there too it's fine I um yeah sometimes <laughs> i um always downloaded grinder onto when i was more toxic um i yeah i would download grinder onto certain people's phones because it tells you how mm -hmm. far away they are so then oh. I, I would have it also and then i would know um and oh, i would I like love i would hide it in a folder so that they wouldn't see that it was on their phone um <laughs> I think this is a great setup for 
another question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I know what what question yeah. Yeah, you're thinking you know. of. Um, actually, it could be it could be a few. Which one? Which one are you thinking? I was thinking the second to last. <laughs> okay, because there could also be the one about having BPD, which I suppose I, I'm just explaining how I have it. Um, I think that it's that it's a good way to know how far away people are from you. But you oh no, just, yeah, that's <laughs> oh can, that's right because there was that whole other question about the phones. Oh my god, mm, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this. This question, I suppose, is, hi, I know that most people would say that this is wrong. This is kind of like the sapiosexual question. I don't know why people are yeah. coming to us thinking, like, that we've got no morals. Um, mm. Well, but I know how I'm going to, anyway, they said, hi, I know that most people would say that this is wrong, but I'm wondering what you two think about the ethics of going through someone's phone if you think they are cheating. Is it really that bad? No. I think, first of all, if you want to go through someone's phone, you should do it. You should do it. I think that if you think that something is up, you should go find your evidence and then mm -hmm. and then you know. But I think no matter what the result is, you should break up with them after. Yeah, but it's I think a sign it's good, it's good that something isn't working. So that when you have the argument where you break up with them, you you're right. Like, and and you should also like take screenshots and send them to mm -hmm. yourself so that you have then, the evidence because they will and lie. then delete the messages mm -hmm. from their phone so they can't see classic right. strategy but i think if if you feel like something is up and you can't ask them about it because that's where your relationship is mm -hmm. and you want to go through their phone you should do that you should find out but then no matter what you got, you have to, you got to end it. Well, exactly. And I'm not the first person to say this, but if you are doing that, you are looking for a reason to break up with someone and you will probably find one and that's fine. And then you can break up with them. You can pretend that whatever you found is the reason you're doing it, even though yeah, you probably you wanted to, to do it like anyway. You have the moral exactly. High ground, which is important. I, to me, this isn't like, it's not going to ruin that person's life that you no. kind of made up a reason for why you wanted to break up with them. It might actually be easier than you being like, I just don't like you that much. Like, you know, mm. I, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I think this is one of those, I think this is much like ghosting. It's like one of those things that people make a way bigger deal than it really is. Oh yeah. It's fine to ghost. Sometimes think, it's better to ghost. I think the ghost is the message. Because the ghost if you're is the message. It ghosting and not like they abandoned me. You are not right. that close. Like you have gone on a couple dates. Oh so my god. They oh all they god. would have to yeah. say to you is like I don't want to go on any more dates with you because at that point you don't really like need to have a longer conversation than that. Mm -hmm. Um and they're saying that already by not yeah. saying anything to you. And yeah, I have not, I've not been ghosted, but I don't, I don't go on the, I don't go on the dating apps. So I use Instagram. Mm. So it's different for me. Um. <laughs> it's really hard to ghost on Instagram because they kind of have to block you. Mm -hmm. um, I, well, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I will ghost people if I, but I'm, I'm just not like, I think that the, the first or second date that you're going on with someone from like Grindr or Tinder, or like Hinge or whatever, it's like. It's very, they, very low stakes. Oh, my God. 
And so totally. I don't know what else you would really need to say or hear from a person that is not already being communicated by them, not talking to you. And like, no, maybe, yeah. maybe there's like a couple days of anxiety of like, if you're the one that's being ghosted where you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But right. by the end of it, you're going to know what's going on. And that might hurt just as much or less than being told specifically like what reason someone has for not liking you. Right. I would not want to hear that from anyone. Um, no. If someone is like, oh, no. I don't like you because of like this or that, it's like, we've been on two dates. Like, I yeah. don't care. Yeah, those are the only... Re- I mean, I have never ghosted someone that I've been on, let's say, more than like three dates with. Like... I, I I think there comes a point where if you like are talking to someone consistently and you've seen them a few times where I'd be like, hey, I would at least send a like, I'm just getting really busy. Yeah, but then um, I think if you were to do that, that that would be considered like, oh, they they like abandoned the relationship. Exactly. Like it reaches a different like Completely. level of like what you and that person owe to each other. So Right. I, like yeah. your husband fleeing the country is not ghosting. Like that's like that's a completely different thing. Like, yeah, I think, anyway, I don't know how, I think I brought us to the ghosting thing. Well, we said that going through people's phones is similar to that in that it's, like, not that big of a deal. And I think I really... I have, I don't I've believe in privacy. Go, we can start there. I've had people go there. through my phone. So I'll, yeah. I'm saying it from the perspective of someone that's had this done to them. It's fine. Like, what happened was that yeah. I, I got annoyed because I was like, oh, you should have just broken up with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that, that if you want to find something out and you're suspicious of something, like maybe it's better to go find that out rather than like continuing to wonder. But no matter what the result is, you then need to just end it. Um, and hmm, hmm. I think if you want a lot of ammunition, you should search for your own name in the text messages oh totally or then you'll find out search for the name to your friends or to their friends about you mm -hmm. and and definitely see it okay this is like (laughs) i don't (laughs) really think that this is like you know the the most mentally well behavior but if you're already there like yeah why not if there is something that you're afraid that they think about you, search that word plus yeah. the pronoun they would use to describe you. Yeah. So like she crazy, mm-hmm. like search that in the phone and you will find anything you need. Like, that's so crazy that I know that. But yeah, that's like well, a great I, strategy. I have, I have gone through phones. I have had my phone gone through. When I was going through someone's phone, this was a while ago, I like, was not feeling very secure in the relationship obviously Mm -hmm. um and was like looking for stuff to make me upset because i was already feeling bad and then i would find things that made myself upset and Mm -hmm. then i would just like simmer on that for a couple days until i was ready to do it again and that's Mm -hmm. not valid um yeah but i i think it's you know like it's fine yeah, I think the cycle, like you're the a cycle, like you're describing, where you're making yourself more miserable, is not fine. But it's only not fine because you're fucking yourself over. Um, yeah. Like just break. You just want to break up with them. Break up with them. That's. That's. It's okay. It's it. okay to find the moral high ground first. I support that. And I don't believe in privacy, so. Like ever. Take with that. I mean, mm. Like, like, what if the Patriot Act was a person? 
That person would be me, Mama. I'm looking at everything. The Patriot Act is a person, and they have they pronounce, and they live in Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> and they're slaying the house down, slaying. Mama. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, Patriana. Uh huh. Okay. Really no, Should I no select privacy? another question? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> We can let's have a privacy episode. I'll I'll guest star. It's like truly okay. one of my most deranged opinions. I, I, um, wanna, I wanna know. <laughs> I like really don't think it matters. Like I think everyone should know everything about each other, but it's like a whole, we don't like everything. Anything. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I think we should all just be able to look at each other's like photo, like camera roll. But anytime. mystery is sexy. That's true. It's it's sexy to be mysterious and to know someone that's mysterious because then you find but, out things slowly yeah. and it's like, ooh, I'm like I'm getting a treat. See, I'm not like that. I want to know everything right away. Mm-hmm. I love like oh, like casual intimacy. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's go to this social media question because right. um, it's the one that's right in front of me says i recently quit all social media because i think it's bad for me but now i'm struggling to have connections with my friends because they're all on it and that's where they talk and share things with each other how do i make this work i don't um, think you can i think that's i think it's fine yeah to like be a person that's not on social media and i think that like the less that i am on it actively i'm like happier but also mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on on like tiktok unless someone tells me about it and i can't participate in conversations about that kind of stuff which is like a lot of what some people are doing um and i just have to be cool with that and yeah i think if you're not like like go to a bar jesus christ but there's like i don't know i think that you get really used to when you're on social media like being Mm -hmm. in like constant conversation and like contact with people because when you're on like instagram even if you're not speaking to people like if you're just seeing what they're up to you're sort of like Mm -hmm. aware of what's going on versus if you're not you need to go directly talk to someone and so i think if you like don't want to be on social media then you need to get into the habit of like starting conversations first to people because everyone else that's on social media isn't going to be thinking to do that with you Mm -hmm. um and then also like getting used to probably not having as many friends because we i think are like in a like one of the nice things about being online right now is that it's very easy to maintain like a large friend group um yeah because you do get to be like passively aware of what's going on with people and you like are having what they're doing shown to you so that you can really easily just like reach out and like not really say that much in order to keep mm-hmm. in contact with them. But you can't do that when you're not on social media. Right. Okay. Like, but you're just not yeah. going to have a circle of like 500 acquaintances. Yeah. And I think that that can be difficult and it can make you feel like an outsider in a lot of like social situations and I think it can also make things like dating hard sometimes if you don't really have an established social media presence on at least one app like at least on Instagram or something um do you go sleuth do I what do you go sleuth when you when you're talking to people on the app to check out their Instagram 
No, not unless they like have it connected or they give it to me or something. Um, then I'll like look, but I, I don't know. I think people I just really like know. to see. It's a really easy indication. People use it as like a, are you normal kind of thing? Like, do you have posts like with your family and with your friends, like mm. doing normal activities? Like they just kind of want to see that you're a regular person. So I feel like my advice would be to maintain some kind of account somewhere that you post on, even if it's once a month to like make yourself look like a normal human being. But other than that, I, don't I, I also I think like the no social media people, whenever I meet one, I'm like, Oh, I, like that's hot. Yeah. I think they're trying too hard usually. But that's okay. I mean, I, I, I really don't like people tell me all the time, like, oh, you should post on Instagram more, you should post like pictures of yourself more, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, I don't really see a lot of value in that. But I also think people like, I think people put too much um, weight on like social media as this like abstract thing that's causing them harm, like it's your own emotional dysregulation in response to all the input that you're receiving that's like causing you harm and I feel like if you can figure out a way to use it that works for you like figure out what are the parts of it that actually are causing problems causing you to be upset like and if you can weed those things out and find like small simple easy ways I mean it's just like yeah when people are like oh I couldn't be on TikTok because I would just like scroll on it all day long it's like well you could, yeah. like, you could just not do that. Or right. when people say that they, like, can't do Twitter because it just makes them mad all the time. Like, I only mm-hmm. follow my friends, so right. I don't see anything that makes me mad. Um, yeah, so no, I agree. There's definitely some merit to that. But also, like, I, I don't know. I think that, well, you don't think that privacy matters. So I think that there are some like legit concerns that someone might have about like not wanting to be surveilled or whatever, like not wanting right. like Mark Zuckerberg to have their life, their life on hold. Um, I deleted Facebook way, way before it was cool because <laughs> um, I got like doxxed um, oh. a long time ago. Um, yeah. And you put your full name on Facebook, which is fucking weird. right and you have to they like make you yeah and so people found me and i didn't want to have to deal with like harassing messages and i didn't feel like it was worth it to me to like remake my account and this was back when people were like still more often on facebook Mm -hmm. um so i lost access to like a ton of people and like it was that, that that was also back when people like primarily used the messenger app to talk all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. so a lot I of people lo- still like, do that which is crazy oh uh, yeah and so i like i lost out on like group chats and like people feeling like they could easily reach me and stuff and i remember that i was so i was like heartbroken because a friend of mine died and i didn't mm-hmm. know about it because everyone was talking about it on facebook mm-hmm. and no one mm-hmm. thought to like reach out to me and tell me that this happened because everyone else was already like instantly aware and it did make me really sad and it made me realize like what I miss out on by not being on social media but also what I learned is that I can be in charge of checking in with people um and I could prevent something like that from happening again by just like being more proactive about Mm, like mm -hmm. being in touch with my friends so right I think I think you can't. I think the question that you're asking of like, how can I make this work is, is a, you can't. So either like be okay with having less friends or get on Instagram. 
Well, suffering is a part of life. And so where, well, yeah, not for geniuses like you, Mm -hmm. but like, it's like, where do you want to take it? Do you want to lose out on these social interactions or do you want to get anxious and upset sometimes because of things you see on social media? Like, yeah, I will say I'm not going to download any more apps. Like I'm not getting on another form of social media when Instagram dies, which I know is coming. I'm not getting on whatever the next one is like, You'll just have to come find me in Philadelphia. <laughs> Unless they offer a paid partnership for Big Soy Naturals, and then you'll be the sure. first to yeah, sign I, up. I will. I'm open to any form of sponsorships, but like it's you know they are like a they're not tiring to be on because they're like toxic, but they're tiring in that like I don't want to have to learn the rules of like interaction on another I know. one. Like it's too much for me. Well, and the older we get, the more we become detached from like the social norms that anchor these apps and how people use them. Like I'm already starting to feel that. Yeah, and I it's don't need to see what my friends are doing 24 seven to know that I love them. It's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. What's next? What else do we have here? Um, oh, this one is um, long, which is fine. I support that. Um, <laughs> so they, they said first, absolutely living for the jerseyfication of this hotline number um so it starts with the 609 that's the south jersey area code uh second i would love advice on how to cheat my pending femme cell fate i'm on the cusp of 24 a virgin who cannot drive driving anxiety is prevalent in my family and i've got a permit but no one to teach me and lived a sheltered childhood so i've got absolutely no street smarts or any way to navigate the adult world I still live at home where no one thinks I have any reason to move out, yet no one takes me seriously. Sort of like Cinderella, except if she was the old, an oldest daughter and there's no ball or anything. I've never even had my own room. I just finished community college, so now the only time I escape is work. A shitty retail job where the customers are pretentious white folk who make living near Princeton University their only personality trait and love the casual microaggression when things don't go their way. In the midst of this, I feel my friends growing into adulthood and slipping away from me, and I feel like I can't turn to anyone, really. Truthfully, it's all a bit more complex than that, but this is the abridged version. All I want to do is finally live on my own, where I don't have to worry about or clean up after my dysfunctional family, or have the time to focus on my art or anything, and maybe get my first kiss or something. That'd be nice. I just don't know where to start. Am I doomed to be lame-pilled for the foreseeable future? What's next? Actually making a Reddit account? I hope I didn't take this therapy thing too serious, but I feel like time is running out for me, and I really respect you guys' intelligence and opinions. I appreciate you guys opening the hotline. Well, This is the first question asker that I have empathy for. Yeah, same. (laughs) Actually, that's not true. We answered some questions (laughs) on the last episode that were fine. Um... Well, this is my first episode. I mean, I have empathy for everyone because I'm the perfect human being, mm-hmm. but I feel a little extra for this person and the, the struggle that they're going through. Do you not know have empathy for people that want to go through someone's phone? Mm, no, because that's just me. I don't have empathy for myself. Oh. I have the most empathy for myself, but I do I do feel for this person. Living in New Jersey is oh, it's actually the best state. I think every every state wishes that it was New Jersey. Um, is Princeton in New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Where else would it be? I don't know. I mean, Delaware? 
perhaps who knows i don't know i don't know things about ivy leagues i didn't grow up with money from the east coast i'm from maryland that's like its own little world the pennsylvania border something changes the vibe shifts new jersey borders pennsylvania yeah that's what i mean like pennsylvania and north it's like that's like ben affleck land i don't know what the fuck's going on up there boston (laughs) that's all the same to me it's all the same like massachusetts shares a border with pennsylvania no i'm not saying it shares a border i'm just saying pennsylvania and north is its own vibe and it's not a vibe i associate with even though i do love and appreciate you and steven thank you i also love and appreciate you and steven i think okay um first part of this question i guess is like how to not feel like you're still a child while you're living at home and I think that you have to maybe get over the idea that like you don't have street smarts because that's kind of just something that you figure out by like being out and about and yeah and you can you can do that at any time it doesn't matter if you did it when you were young or not yeah and I think that as someone who also used to live in New Jersey the greatest state in the United States um you have like really easy access to two cool cities so, like, mm-hmm. you can take the train or the bus to New York or Philadelphia, um, and it can be a day trip, like, in, yeah. in New Jersey. And, like, when I was younger, before I was, like, a real adult, I would do that, and I would just, like, hang out during mm-hmm. the day. And you don't have mm-hmm. to have friends there to do that either. And then I think you feel less like you're, you're trapped in your hometown because, like, mm. every day in the city is different versus yeah. like being in a suburb where you can kind of expect things to be the same all the time and there's always right. stuff that you can find to do um even just like taking yourself out to bar like to a bar or to dinner or something is i think like more it's like it's going to be more novel of an experience if you're doing it in a city versus like in the suburb that you're from yeah i think there's like so many simple like just spending time without like do something that feels really mildly out of your norm like spending time somewhere new by yourself without a plan and like i don't know like don't wait for a friend to like make make plans with you either because you can get on the train for like seven bucks um, right and then you could just hang out for a couple hours and then go home and then you might feel more okay with being at home also because now you're not like you're trapped there I, I definitely think that something I kind of I feel like you and I had really different like adolescences like I feel like from what that I know crazy. of yours you like grew up really fast I feel like and I was really sheltered I feel like I was like a late bloomer so I feel like yeah. I relate more to this person and I feel like what helped me is just like exactly what you're saying like do like the things you did when you were a teenager are just the things this person needs to do now like act like you're a rebellious teenager trying to figure out what you like and like who you like and what you want to do and like you know just like give yourself a little space to be and also give yourself space to be disruptive in your like family environment like if you want to treat your family like shit like Mm -hmm. (laughs) not that that's a great thing but like if you have been amicable and quiet your whole life like maybe you need to just let yourself be free sometimes I think conflict is like how you learn who you are and what you care about. Um, yeah, I think also like when I, 
when I was younger, I was so, so adamant that I like needed to be independent. I started working when I was 14, which is way too young. Do not get a job yeah. at 14. Like, um, but I like, I really wanted to be in charge of myself and I wanted to do what I wanted and I didn't want to have to ask permission. And mm -hmm. I think that the lesson that I learned about like how to have the adult life that I wanted that I think led me astray a lot of the time, but also was good to have was that like, I'm okay with suffering a little bit in order to get the thing that I want, which Absolutely. isn't to say like, put yourself in a scary situation, but I think it's, a, it's okay to be like broke um, mm -hmm. and, and to like work too much and be like annoyed and then get to like be somewhere else. Like it's yeah. okay. I think take a, take a shitty job that like, makes you miserable but then if moving out is something that you want to do like it enables you to do that um, right and I think that I don't know like that was that was just like how I ended up becoming an adult was like I mm -hmm. this was something that I wanted to do I wanted to be on my own and so yeah I suffered on purpose to make that happen which I don't I don't want yeah. to sound like oh like pull yourself up by your bootstraps because it's not fun it's not fun to suffer but I think that no. it uh, sometimes if you, you know, if you don't have like family money and there are things that you want to do, it is sometimes the only way to make that happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think beyond just like, oh, like working, working a shitty job or whatever, but also just throwing yourself into situations that make you feel kind of uncomfortable and mm -hmm. that aren't that fun in the moment, but then give you like the experience that you need in order to feel confident doing things in the future is also suffering on purpose. Um, I agree. And sometimes it's, you just got, you have to do that where it's like mm -hmm. you get lost figuring out public transportation and then you cry because you don't know how to get around mm -hmm. and call a friend and you have someone bail you out or something. It's like, now, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's that like discomfort and the element of like risk. I feel like when people are raised in sheltered environments, it's because someone is trying to keep you like you're being raised by people who value comfort and peace and security very highly. And so even, yes. And so even subconsciously you are doing that to yourself. Like you are trying to keep yourself comfortable and safe and like regulated and like all those things. And you kind of have to intentionally like poke yourself a little bit. Um, and I, we should touch on, I feel like we should specifically touch on the like romantic element though. Cause I feel like that's a little different. Oh, yeah. I, that's, that one is hard for me, I think, because I don't have the, personal experience of ever feeling like I like I, I think I just started having sex so young which mm -hmm. is also like working not something that you should do when you're 14 yeah. um and so I think I didn't ever get to have that that time of feeling like that wasn't going to happen for me but instead maybe my my worry was like that I wasn't going to get to be in a relationship that I thought was really good, mm. but I wasn't mm. ever like, oh, no one, no one is going to want to do this with me. And I think the longer, not that you are putting it off when you're not having sex, but I think the longer that you go without doing it, it becomes, it feels more of like a momentous thing. And it's hard yeah. to just like, be like, oh, I'm just going to like 
go out to a party and like find someone tonight because now it's it's become something that like means a lot in your life right which i don't think is bad but i think it makes it harder to like yeah push yourself into having that experience and it can maybe mean also if you do it like it's not going to be fun because Mm. like it's a scary thing that you're doing with a person that you don't know that well like i don't think i would recommend that a 24 year old who hasn't had sex yet like goes out to a like a party and find someone yeah not to have sex with at least like Mm -hmm. make out with someone sure i mean i think it is going to be a hard like you're probably going to be a little more sensitive to getting like attached to people quickly or things like that so i think it is good to to because it will all be so meaningful find ways to feel casual about it that still sort of honor and respect how important it is to you like find at least kiss someone nice you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but don't like think that they're gonna be the person you marry like acknowledge both the bigness and smallness at the same time yeah i think rather than a stranger it should you like if if it's possible i think having like a casual time with a friend Mm -hmm. um might be like the thing to do because then it is a person that you know and that you trust um and that hopefully like you have a relationship where you can talk about heavier things and so then that way like if problems come up or if you're feeling like uncomfortable you feel like equipped to let them know that 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 is actually the way that I had sex the first time was I I texted someone when I was 14 years old and I was like (laughs) hey I'm kind of interested in um having sex are you interested also I haven't done this before and they were like yeah "Yeah, I am and then I was like okay cool I have work and my parents are home sometimes but no one's going to be home and I'm free at 10 30 a.m like on a Tuesday yeah it was like the summertime and they were like okay that works for me and they showed up at my house at 10 30 a.m and then we were like, all right, like, let's, let's figure this out. And yeah. then it was, it was incredibly awkward, but I think actually you could do that at 24 and it will probably you totally also could. still be awkward, but I think Just that, that I would like, leave out the first time part. You could say that it's the first time, maybe. If you a good could. Friend. You, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess if you're friends, you could, and maybe if this friend already, I don't know, they'll be, I think it's the older you get, the more someone else is going to be afraid that you're going to put, I don't think they're going to be judgmental. I think they're just going to feel like you have really high expectations and they're going to be freaked out about meeting them and like making you feel safe and comfortable. Um, and they're going to assume that it might be awkward and it probably probably like, it probably will be awkward. Yeah. So I almost, part of me is almost would lean toward like someone you've been on a couple dates with or like a stranger that you don't really have to see again if you don't want to (laughs) no because i okay so i think i mean that's fair i think that if if it were me i would probably say to a a close friend that i think it would be fun to have sex with Mm -hmm. that i have either maybe not had sex before or haven't in a really really long time mm. oh um, the haven't in a long time could work or the like you could also say like i've only done other stuff i've never like done that, xyz that you want to try something and that you want to try it with someone that mm-hmm. you trust and so like asking if they would be interested not in like a, i want to date you sort of way but like yeah. you are the person 
that I would feel comfortable doing this with. Because then really, you have someone that you yeah. can check in with after if you are feeling like uncomfortable or awkward versus if it's someone that you've gone on like four dates with, like if it if it goes south, like you can't really ask them Do you think to be emotionally responsible there. They probably won't know how to be. If this person is a straight woman who's attracted um, to straight men, then I would say, like, do not do anything that Cerise is saying. But, like, if you are a gay man, if you are, like, a lesbian, if you are, like, a, a queer person in a situation with other queer friends, then full steam ahead on this idea. I don't know that a straight man is a good no. person to do this with. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're good people, period. Because I just think seeking, ugh, I feel like straight men love to be so casually cruel. And I think that's a Taylor Swift lyric. And I wouldn't know that because I <laughs> have better things to do with my time than this. I'm a newly reformed Swifty. Victimizing white women, but I oh my God. can yes. see how that might work for you. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's really, but the thing is, even with all this advice we're giving, the reality is like, just go like do things and talk to people and kiss people and like, yeah, I act think by weird, being, be by embarrassed. Being out in the world, you also like meet people. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes my friends who I respect are like, I don't understand how you meet people organically or like how you've met people organically or whatever, like. Yeah, and you're not you're not on the apps like how do you get to date and it's like I don't when I'm not going out mm -hmm. you know like when, mm -hmm. if I'm like sitting in my house then I don't get to meet anyone um, yeah but like if I am doing things then I do meet people and yeah then things happen from there um and I think that sometimes yeah you just gotta you gotta like suffer on purpose sometimes and then yeah. things will happen oh and number woman, one for a that, that is if you're a straight woman honestly just give up what if you work on being straight i think that you could change that Ooh, okay i love that because maybe being straight is the whole root of the problem here yeah i think if you're a straight woman and you've never had sex before really how how would you even know um that what you want is a straight man mm-hmm mm-hmm um, unpleasant um and yeah you know, if you've like, never tried some, it some lesbians love to they love to be impressive i think and mm -hmm. to like show up what um i don't know like what what a man can't actually do right um, sometimes people will send their friends their straight friends to to a lesbian on purpose and be like oh my gosh yeah. this person so that they can have an orgasm for the first time yeah and, some lesbians are like, oh, I'm I'm very into doing that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I want to fix people. I I've been friends with a couple of those. of those. Yeah. Oh, totally. They are out there in every major city. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to get, get to Philadelphia or New York. Newark is not a major city. Neither is <laughs> no. Trenton. Neither is Camden. <laughs> Atlantic City is a city. It's not the one that you're looking for. No. It's Philadelphia no. or New York. Or you could take a longer train to like Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, DC, even. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the beauty of New Jersey. Is you're you're close yeah. to everything good. You're also so right many the lesbians. Beach. You're on the boardwalk. It's the yeah. best state. Okay. 
It is. Like, but but this person should try they should try to get out of New Jersey a little bit. I think so. I, I agree with that. Should I pick the next question? Yeah. All right. Let's see what we have left. Okay, let's go with this is a very simple question going from a very long question. This person says, fine, I'll bite. How the fuck do I get over a breakup that happened four months ago? Or am I going to be a loser for forever? Ooh, I do love to wallow. And I love mm-hmm. to pine. And I think that sometimes you should lean into wallowing. If they mm-hmm. make, you know, if you make art, this is a perfect mm-hmm. time to get out like a heart, a heartbreak album or like a heartbreak painting or something. Like try to turn yeah. your feelings into content. Um, yeah, is, is something that you could do because I think you know there's not really a timeline about when you need to get over someone. Four months can feel like a long time, but you could make it work for you by making content. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely profit from the situation. That's always an option, or seek creative fulfillment. Or I mean, I think that when I had a bad thing... breakup, I went, I made. Uh, like a nightcore album of all yeah. of the songs that made me sad and I nightcored all of them and then I put it on SoundCloud and I did it in like 48 hours because I didn't sleep because I was crying all the time and then yeah. I got a lot of followers on SoundCloud and then someone asked me to DJ a party of theirs um, and I wouldn't have done that if I weren't no. heartbroken no oh my so god yeah absolutely make, make good art out of being sad well people, yeah like, feel bad for you also because they're like damn they're you know what this person is really stressed about is that they're hitting that period of time where people stop feeling bad for you four months three months is kind of the cutoff where people are like all right i don't really want to hear it anymore um unless you were like married for 10 years i will milk being breakup sad for as long as i want to and my friends usually they they let you yeah, I mean, good friends will let you, but in the back of their mind, they'll be thinking, okay, how much longer, you know? I mean, at four months, it's okay to wallow as long as you're also acknowledging that you, like, acknowledging and doing things that indicate moving on. Like, you should you should also be, you should be living in both truths. Like, live in your move-on self and live in your sad self at the same time, you know? I think how that's long, okay. How long is the uh, the right time to grieve a relationship? What's well, your, it depends how long it was. <sighs> I mean, I'm a Gemini. Like everything has like a two week period for me. Um, of, I don't know. It's it's difficult because I feel like you could be sad about something for the rest of your life. It's just a, a question of how much real estate it's taking up in your mind. Like. Like, is there an objective to your grieving? Are you trying to resolve how you feel about it? Are you trying to figure out what the next step of your life looks like? Like, so I, I have, think I have two things okay. that I do when I'm breakup sad. Number one is I go on vacation um, mm-hmm. because then I'm doing different things with like other people, and if the relationship is not a long distance one, like and we were together in the same place, then that means I'm also getting away from the place that I was in with this person and, like, removing the chance of running into them anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm not going anywhere that's making me think of them. Mm-hmm. And also, you just have more fun when you're on vacation mm-hmm. because you're, like, there intentionally wherever it is that you are. So you're, right. like, planning out things to do with your time. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, like, an expensive thing. You can stay on a friend's couch 
um, mm-hmm. and like go somewhere that's not even that far away. But I think just like going going somewhere else and doing new things every day. Um, mm-hmm. Really, it's like every time I've done that, I come back home feeling really good. Um, yeah. One time I I had a breakup the day before I had a flight somewhere. Oh my god! Which was um, I guess kind of good maybe because then I didn't yeah. have to plan a vacation. <laughs> and I um, went and I hung out with my friend Brianna and. Uh-huh. I was crying the first day and my friend Brianna said to me, um, you know what they say about spilled milk? Because I, this person was white and, and so you're not supposed to cry over it. And, I love Brianna. Yeah. And it was, it was actually great to then just be like hanging out with my really good friend yeah. who did not want me to be wallowing because they were also on vacation. Yeah. So, like they didn't want me to to ruin the vacation with my sad vibes so they were planning like fun things for us to do every day i had a person that mm-hmm. i like that i love to hang out with that i was doing things with but yeah. i was also in a like a different place than my home and by the time i got back i also hooked up with other people on right. vacation which is a thing so that you crucial. can do on vacation mm-hmm. um you mm-hmm. always have to do that when you're like post breakup but yeah you don't have to it's almost it's almost easier to do it when you're in a new location though like yeah it would be hard right versus like sad hitting up someone going like what are you doing don't do that yeah definitely don't do that but if you Mm -hmm. are like on a vacation and you meet someone at the beach Mm -hmm. and you're just like having fun and you're not yeah like definitely don't seek out no, and like Intimacy. Don't, don't fucking download an app like the day no, after you and someone no. broke up. That's so sad. No. It's hideous. Um, I mean, I think this person is at the point where they might need to download an app though. Like I think well, they might need four to. Four months after, sure, maybe. The second thing that I do, which maybe this is bad advice, is I scheme to get back together. Mm, okay. Which does sometimes i mean it's it's worked when what's I've your sign it. i'm a pisces but i have a scorpio moon mm, okay I'm a Libra rising mm. okay what's interesting the, is there um like is there an assessment based on that or like does that change no i do think People with Scorpio placements tend to believe in soulmates and they hold on to things. I've noticed that. I do love to hold on to stuff. I think that mm-hmm. probably a lot of people are my soulmate though because I'm, I'm so great. Um, yeah, well, I think fire signs in general have this weird thing where they, they believe in soulmates if they feel like a unique energy from sign. someone. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's nice. Really... So you're close. It's fine. I think, I yeah, I do sometimes scheme to get back together. And it does. It has always worked. Um, <laughs> however, and I and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I think sometimes, sometimes you've got unfinished business. Um, yeah. Whenever someone has broke, actually, whenever someone has broken up with me, I've schemed to get back together, and then I've broken up with them later. Um, so I'm See, not that's sure about what power. that. Well, I think it's like I didn't feel like it was done. And I, I, mm. and I, and they maybe gave me their reasons for breaking up, mm-hmm. which were like that I was doing something wrong. And I was like, well, that just doesn't compute. That, that couldn't like possibly I, be yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so we shouldn't break up because like, 
I feel like I'm fine and that things are fine. And so then I only am ready to break up once I feel like things are not fine, which is maybe once the issues that they've named about me have really run their course. Um, Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm going to say, I think that sometimes, sometimes you're not done. Sometimes people think that you're done and you're not actually done. And I think that if you really, like, really, really feel strongly about it, you should scheme to get back together and it'll probably work. But every time I've done it, I have then wanted to break up with the person later and have sometimes been like, oh, if I were just capable of, like, listening to people when they tell me that I'm Mm. wrong, I would not have wanted to get back together because your Mm -hmm. reasons made sense and they're now the same reasons that I have later. Um, yeah which might not be their case because like i'm a narcissist um <laughs> and so and so i just can't i can't have someone tell me that there's something wrong it just doesn't work um yeah but i think yeah, what if someone came to you what if i came to you okay let's say we've been dating for like five months and i come to you and i'm like i don't think i have like what you need in a relationship like I don't I don't think I'm good enough for you and I've done these things wrong and we clearly are not a match because of me does that still activate the scheming instinct I'd hate that because I'd be like (laughs) if the the problem is that I should be like upset or like I feel like I'm not getting what I deserve or whatever like then that's for me to say Right. Making that decision for me. So you'd be what like, you're you a pitiful little, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, tell, that's me, right. tell me your real reason. So Where it's only if something's wrong with you, then you're scheming to get back together. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, I can't even remember um, any, anything that anyone's ever said about me that was a, an issue. Um, oh, you know what? Okay, so one time. Um, I was like deep, deep in the throes of like having, having BPD and just like not doing Mm -hmm. well and like not, um, I like treating myself that well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the person that I was dating was like, it's hard for me to watch you Mm. like not be nice to yourself and to also like not really take a lot of steps to Mm. get any better. And I yeah. don't really want to be around for it um, because it makes me sad and I don't feel like I can like make you feel any different. Um, and I was like, huh, it sounds like you really care about me. So I feel like we shouldn't break up because like you really like me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and That's then, exactly what I would think too. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what I did was I schemed my way into mental wellness after this, where I was like, mm-hmm. the only issue is that I'm just being too much of a sad, sad person. Let me right. get better. And then they'll like me. And mm. then I got better. Yeah. And then they were like, can we give it another shot? And I was like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes you got to scheme. I think it's okay to scheme. Um, I don't know if much like else looking through a phone. Advice, yeah. Like, Sometimes you can. I don't know. I think you really can't control how you feel. And I think, I think we all have developed like 
in pop culture these little like rules about what's okay and not okay and like if you're doing this you're toxic and if, it's like we're mm. all toxic girl i don't know do i mean don't put yourself in harmful situations don't harm other people you know to whatever extent possible but like i don't know i think remove other people's perceptions from which i don't know why this whole episode was so like romance centered like what is wrong with you freaks asking for relationship advice no one wants to ask about mental illness um or mental mental wellness i am not i don't know what this is maybe this is like gemini similar maybe i have like my own brand of narcissism but like I love talking to people about my relationships, but I don't really seek out like advice on what to do. Like I can't relate to that urge. I was saying on the last episode that if you're asking a podcast who has taken so long to answer Mm -hmm. your questions and you know that we will because we record these on such an erratic schedule, like what to do (laughs) about your relationship, like you already know what you want to do. Um, I, I don't think I go to people for relationship advice unless I'm wanting someone to tell me, like, you should break up with them. And then I can be like, yeah, I should. But now mm-hmm. I get to be, like, affirmed. Um, right. Because you go to that person who you know is going to say right. what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to have a range of friends with who you know will have specific reactions to things. So it's like if you want to stay together, you know to go talk to one person. If you want to break up, you know to go talk to one person. You got to have your roster of validation. Mm-hmm. That's what you are for me. I think that you you often validate me. Um, I love both that. when I'm doing right and when I'm doing wrong. I love to validate. For rights and wrongs although i do disagree with you sometimes but i think i'm usually right when i do it i did sometimes well sometimes i disagree with your approach to situations and i get mad at you for not being enough of a narcissist Mm. okay i can work on that (laughs) yeah can you be more narcissistic please series if you're not up to my standards i think i can i can like I just okay the reason that I'm a narcissist is that um I feel like everyone is self-diagnosing with like uh mental illnesses that make people like sympathetic to you um Mm -hmm. or that like excuse um bad behavior right such as BPD um also such as like ADHD anxiety Mm -hmm. depression autism which is not a mental illness but you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. um either ADHD but, but just, just the, you know, like, and I'm not saying that everyone that self-diagnoses, like, isn't correct for picking mm-hmm. their thing. But just, why is no one brave enough to self-diagnose with narcissism? Right, no something, one, like, highly no stigmatized. No coming out and saying, I'm a narcissist. And right. it's like, I feel like someone should. Right. Yeah, like, I'm self-diagnosing as, like, someone who has, like, psychosis or someone who's yeah like, one of the one of the scary ones that people right. are afraid of no one ever diagnoses themselves with something that they think is going to make people go like oh i'm afraid of you it's always the ones where people are like oh no i understand like where you're coming from like completely thanks for telling me about that and like that's cool i'm glad that people have that but yeah um, i'm just you know i'm re- i'm trying to do to do something for the community you're trying to break barriers with narcissism which could be Mm -hmm. me 
Mm-hmm. Or not, but or not I, because who's to I say? Go to a doctor and they tell me like. And even then, yeah, who I, are they to right. tell you? Actually, I can't stand doctors. They have mm. complexes. They're like cops. I wish. They're I like wish cops. someone had asked for medical advice in this episode because I really Truly. feel like I would have been more equipped to do that. This person says it's just for me, but I feel like you could help. They said I have a question for Cerise. I also have causing problems on purpose disorder, and I want to know how they stop themselves from causing problems on purpose because it's really hard for me. For those who don't know, causing problems on purpose disorder is BPD, um, which I have. And um, I feel like my answer for this might not actually be that good, but it is that I, I got money mm-hmm. and then my life got le- less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could focus on like one thing at a time. And yeah. I think that like when my life was really stressful and I was having to deal with anything that came up in my like personal relationships while I was also like trying to navigate being broke and like housing instability and like job stuff. Like I had a very difficult time um, doing things well. Mm-hmm. And then once that was out of the way, then it was easier for me to like work on how I was treating myself and how I treat other people. But I don't really know if that's like, um, cause what if they already have money? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think prioritize your basic needs is like really good advice for anyone dealing with mental illness though. And not in like the self care, like take a bath way, but like, literally in like prioritizing like if your housing situation is precarious like you're talking about like maybe it's one of those periods of discomfort like you were describing like maybe you have to go work a shit ton for a couple months to get the money to like get a deposit for an apartment so you, you know it's like i think it uh, that it's been the case for me at least that coping is much less an in the moment thing and much more something I have to like plan out over extended periods of time, how I'm going to improve my circumstances to make my brain work better. Um, but it's hard to do that when you're like really deep in the midst of chaos. Yeah. I don't know if this is an answer, but I do think that like self-care culture is bumped. I think it mm-hmm. encourages like a lot of navel gazing and sometimes mm-hmm. like the thing that you need to do is, is stop thinking about yourself and I feel mm-hmm. like all of the self-care stuff is like doing things for you and Completely. Maybe, maybe you should stop I guess that's what self-care mm-hmm. is is caring for yourself but like maybe do less do less of that um, right I also okay actually something that helps me currently um is that I used to be really like ashamed of having BPD because it's it is like one it is one of the scary ones. Although people do self-diagnose with it, but like I feel like when you Google BPD, you get a lot of scary like yeah. results of like people talking about bad experiences that they've had with like people that have BPD, like um, damaging relationships that they've been in. Like you see a lot of people saying like, "Oh, never date someone that has this," or like. My or you parents, even see my... therapists being like, oh, I, I don't see patients with BPD. I've seen so many therapists say that, which is yeah. like crazy to me. I, ha- I had someone say that to me when I was like looking, looking for therapy, which was cool. Um, 
And like people, you know, will say that they had a parent that had like BPD and that it was such a, an awful experience for them and that like no one that has this should become a parent because they're going to be terrible. Like you, like you see a lot mm-hmm. of bad stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was like very ashamed that I had it and I didn't want to tell people because I was afraid that if I did tell people like the reaction that I would get was people being afraid of me mm-hmm. or people not like wanting to get close to me um, or yeah, just, I think like reactions that people can have sometimes. Um, but I think what I learned was helpful for me was being more upfront about it. Not um, It's not like a first conversation mm-hmm. that you have with a friend or like on a first <laughs> date or whatever but like when I am close with people I will let them know that this is something that's like true about mm-hmm. myself and I don't like hide it on any anywhere like I'm, I have a podcast mm-hmm. and I'm talking about it you know yeah um and I think also giving people who I'm close to some insight about what it means for me like that I have BPD and like how I've like fucked up in the past and like things that I also find helpful that my friends can do for me and then just like outright asking for that like one of the things at least for me was that I needed reassurance all the time from people Mm -hmm. that they like actually liked me and that they weren't going to leave and whatever Mm -hmm. and then instead of uh talking to people about that I would just like come up with like insane like elaborate like tests of like okay if they react this way to this then I'll know that they don't actually like me Mm -hmm. or if something comes up that wasn't like a a test but then they don't react the way that I want them to like projecting a whole thing onto it rather than just being like oh they didn't handle this like the way that I I would have wanted but instead making it like this this whole huge thing um yeah and then my friends when I do that are like, I'm confused because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, there are like seven narratives that I'm not aware of. And I don't know why right. they're like reacting with um, like so much drama. And so making people aware of like, this is a thing that I do mm-hmm. um, then like allows me to be more honest with like the, the narrative that I've projected Right. Um, because I'm no longer like afraid of coming off as crazy because I've already made it apparent that I am crazy. Yeah. Um, and they have told me that they're like not planning on leaving or that they're not afraid of me because of that. So now I feel more right. comfortable being like, these are all of the things that I was thinking when this happened. And it ends up making you yeah. think those things less. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like to your point about self-care being kind of, garbage I feel like what you're talking about is just like having a sense of community and people who who understand you and can adjust and support you instead of like thinking that you need to deal with everything on your own and that it's a it's a you problem you need to figure out a way to cope with it you need to figure out a way to stop it from happening it's like no it's like you need support around you to help you feel better like it shouldn't just be on you um it's not like a burden that you have to bear by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have um, a, a community. And I think something that helped me too was like to stop obsessing about being valid. Um, mm-hmm. 
where I think we've maybe talked about it on the podcast like before, but that like a lot of therapy that is directed at people with personality disorders is about like getting you to stop seeing the problems that you have as problems Mm -hmm. um, so that you then like don't take it out on other people in a way that's scary, but the whole end goal is to just like not be scary to people and isn't really addressing like the actual issues that you're having. Um, And I think for me that had, it had like a negative impact where then I didn't ever want to talk about things with people unless I Mm. thought that they were like legit reasons to be upset, but I'm still like, I'm still upset and I'm still like Mm -hmm. reacting in my head, but now I'm not saying anything out loud because I don't want to like be a scary person. And so, um, I just like became okay with like being irrational and being Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if this is like a legit reason or not for me to feel this way, but I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And then we can like talk about that and like actually getting to air that out with people that, um, like who I have relationships with that like matter to me rather than Mm -hmm. obsessing over, like, I'm only going to bring this to someone's attention if, it's legitimate and otherwise I need to deal with it myself. My gosh. Yeah. Because I think if something, if those kind of thoughts just like sit in your head, they'll just like never go away and they'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's very hard to figure out if you're rational or not when you're a narcissist Mm -hmm. and everything that I do feels (laughs) rational to me. Mm -hmm. It's all rational in my head. That's the problem. It not only feels, but is rational. Remember Mm -hmm. that it is rational and you're always right. Yeah, and I'm I am actually literally receiving messages from God in my No, head yeah, you're receiving downloads that, constantly. That tell me how to act. And so when mm-hmm. you don't understand it, it's sort of like Joan of Arc, you know. Exactly. Like yeah, you she was in the right that whole time actually. You're being burned at the stake simply for speaking truth and seeing things as they are, unlike everyone else. Yeah. But yeah, like being valid is overrated. Um and I wouldn't care if one of my friends was upset and they mm-hmm. like had something that they wanted to talk with me about. I would be like, well, let's, let's work through this logically first. Like, yeah. is, are you logically like entitled to bring this to my attention? <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's a very hurtful behavior that just leads to your emotions yeah, never getting of, expressed. A lot of therapy is. Yeah, no that's offense, true. But full offense to the people that came up with DBT. Um, mm-hmm. Those workbooks, have, they've never been a friend to me. Yeah. I have done all of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean. They just leave it crazy. And it's, and it's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> people don't, they don't call it best pussy disorder for no reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there's a degree of it where, like, as long as you're not actively harming yourself or other people, not every thought needs to be treated as, like, a dangerous, scary thing. And that's, that is kind of what DBT teaches you to do, is to be afraid of your own thoughts and yeah. feelings, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, that's what the thing, well, I think I've talked so much about how I don't like therapists, but they're just they they're just true crime people that have found <laughs> a professional outlet for their oh fixations. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Some of yeah. them are not, 
but a lot of them, like, they might as well be on TikTok being like, story time about this twisted person that did something <laughs> so crazy, and it's going to be you. They're telling yeah. a story about you. Yeah. HIPAA be damned. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about, like, I have this fear now of if something happens to me and I have to go to the hospital... Like, oh, what God. if my nurse is doing fucking TikTok dances outside my room? I know. About, yeah. like, my problem. They're like, let me tell you a story about the patient that came in today. Like, they broke yeah. their leg in four places. Crazy. Um, I know. Oh, my God. I need, I need like, a, a note card or something that says, like, no medical professional has permission to do TikTok dances over my body. Then no. Alive. No. Maybe dead. No. Maybe like move my corpse around like a puppet and make me do the dance too. You allowed to show corpses on TikTok? Um, I've seen them. I don't know if they're allowed though. Damn, Logan Paul was really ahead of his time. He really was trailblazing. He doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I feel like we answered. We answered all the questions. Do you oh, have dang. any? Do you have any questions for me? Um. Can I give you advice? I don't know. I mean, I am kind of seeing someone right now, but like I said, I don't really ask for like advice. I mean, That's how do I become you. like more hot and beautiful? Maybe like had more smart and like, oh, like how do I become like I a genius? That. Okay. I can, That's yeah. I can help with that. Um, it takes a lot of hard work to mm -hmm. be a genius. People think that I was just born like this, and in a way I was because I was made in God's own image. Right. Um, but... Um, and in a way, I, you are God. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? Yeah, but specifically you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I try really hard, and I think that this is, like, the other issue, like, going back to the intelligence thing, with, like, people thinking that, like, being smart mm -hmm. is, like, a fixed state where it's not, it's like something that you work on and so is being hot. And so Ooh. I um, like, from the time that I was very young would like make a list of like skills or like traits that I want to have. And then I would just start working on having those. And I also will make like, if it, so if it's like, a, there's some like a subject that I want to learn about, mm -hmm. I just will then make a list of like books to read that are like in that subject and then by the end of it I know things and then it's yeah. like fun because I give myself treats um probably for <laughs> each thing that I get done I love to buy myself an outfit for like every Ooh. like every accomplishment that I have which yeah. is that's the getting hot part also is like right now you have new outfits Ooh, um, you're like I've I, added a new facet to my personality and now mm -hmm. I like can reward myself right I and I do that, that all the time um I like wanted to get really into running at one point and I changed my mind about that because it's bad for your knees mm -hmm. but I was like running a lot for a while and every time I got faster I would buy myself a new outfit Ooh. and so now I have two incentives to to get yeah. better at something because the first is you know, it's like the reward of the, the job well done but then the yeah. second thing is the outfit and that is potentially the more important of the two. Right. Because I actually am not that fast anymore because I don't run. Yeah. Because um, it's bad for my knees. But I still have the outfits that I got 
for myself for having a faster mile. Right. So yeah. I mean, as we all like know, a, a you're six eleven. Yeah. So running is hard on your body. Is that true? Is it only true? I have no all? idea. Because I'll get no I'll, I'll get back into it, but. I think it is fun. I think it is worse if you're tall because I think tall people have bad knees. I could be wrong, Mm. but I'm speaking that into the universe because tall people deserve it. You know, I used to be a gymnast when I was really young, but I was so convinced Hmm. that I was going to get very tall that once I was like eight or nine, I was like, I think I need to quit gymnastics because soon I'm going to be too tall for this. And Mm. I don't want to waste my time in a sport where... Um, I'm just, you know, like physically inoptimal, like, <laughs> like not optimal for this. So you I, thinking I, that at eight years old is so funny. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm not going to waste my time here. And soon yeah. I'm going to be taller than everyone. And then joke, You're like, I'm wasting my time and everyone else's. Yeah, I, I mean, in the front row of every class picture for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Literally oh, also, perfect height. A word of the day app. Where I get mm. new, I get new words sent to my email every day, mm. um, and then I get smarter. Sometimes the words are a little bit dumb, but that's kind of like you know, there's only so many words, so right. not all of them are going to be good. But then I, right. I take I take the ones that I like, and then I I have them. That's um, a little life lesson in and of itself. Yeah, I picked that one up from Clueless because that's what the the girl in Clueless does. Mm. Um, today's word of the day was uh unami which was ancient greek um and it means like a well-adjusted constitution of a government or like equal law so we would say that the united states like does not have unami because things are a mess here no Um, but this podcast has unami right and then you learn things i think you know you can get smarter every day and you can get hotter every day that's really good advice. I'm going to take that to heart so that I can get hotter and smarter. What do you want to I think also, as a listener of this podcast, I will say listening to this podcast is also a way to get hotter and smarter. Thank you. I agree. Do I have any advice that I want from you? Hmm. Um, oh, okay. So um, as I think I've discussed many times on this podcast, I'm a terrible driver because I have no impulse control. I love to speed. I love to like hit things on purpose with my car. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like to look where I'm going. Uh, I do like to read signs, but to the point of distraction. Yeah. Um, I'm also short, so I can't always see like over things sometimes. And I daydream a lot. So just overall... I don't have the qualities of a good driver, but I'm, um, I do have my license and I've recently come into potentially within maybe like a week or two possession of a free car and I'm Mm. never going to say no to anything free. Right. So I will be driving. Okay. How do I drive good? Good? I mean. How do I become a good driver instead of one that is probably like a, I won't be a danger to myself, I think, but probably to others. Perhaps people. others, perhaps others. I mean, I think I was actually a pretty good driver back when I would drive. I no longer have a car, but I can drive. And I do think I was a good driver. I think the most important thing about driving is to not get mad at other people. 
But then also I say that, and one time I fully stopped in the middle of the road because I was mad at the person behind me. Mm. Um, So I, I don't know. I think maybe loud music, like get yourself into a vibe for sure. Like set the intention. Like if the intention is to hit someone, like just go in with that. Um, and kind of speak that over yourself from the beginning. But I think for the most part, like driving in Philly can be kind of chaotic. So maybe like substances or, um, like any kind of substance you can really get your hands on, I think could be helpful just to like de-stress and take care of yourself in that process. So I should maybe drink and drive just like Bon Jovi sang about. I mean, it couldn't hurt. And it's okay. fully legal, so. Drinking is legal and driving is legal. Yeah, that I def. If I know anything about the law, it's that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I'll. I guess I'll let you know how that goes for me. Yeah, please do. Like circa three weeks when I have mm-hmm. a free car. Um, Definitely send pictures and videos. And, like text me while you're while you're driving the car and like let me know how it's going. Oh, I will be texting. Yeah, I have things to say. I have friends that want to talk to me. You think I'm not going to talk to my friends just because I'm on the road? Yeah, fuck that. Ugh, fuck the DMV. I, I'm, I'm so bad at driving, and it's like I didn't know that I'm bad at it too. But I mm-hmm. can't. I can't get better because in the moment, I really want to do my idea. Like one right. time I reversed really far on the highway because I missed my turn <laughs> and I didn't feel like having to spend all that right. time getting, getting to where I needed to go. And I was like, there's no yeah. behind me, so I might as well. And it was only afterwards that I was like, oh, that like could have gone bad for me in a lot of ways, but it, but it didn't. didn't. It didn't. And so, yeah. Well, that was okay. That was Big Sway Naturals, everyone. Thanks for listening to us give advice. Um, If you have other questions for us eventually, we'll do an episode like this again when we like run out of ideas. um, Yeah. Which is, it'll happen every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, What's what's our phone number? Do I know? It's it's 609-285-3494. You should give us a call or like leave a text or something. Um, and this was our friend Riley. Right? Do you like want people to follow you anywhere? Yeah, they can follow me now because I already have a job. It's at renowned actress on Twitter and Instagram. Mm, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a job. It's a place I work. Um, it's yeah. Um, people can ask me. They, people can DM me about it and ask me if they want. I'm like kind of. Um, I work for the CIA, but it's not like a big. It's not like. Oh, it's not like. Cool. Yeah, it's it's like not a big deal. Cool. I got approached to work for the CIA, but I was like, um, I think I'm actually going to work for like the, the bigger version of the mm-hmm. CIA, like CIA 2. Um, right. The I benefits package is better. I, like, I don't know. I actually did get it. I got approached once by someone in the military maybe when they were like doing a jobs fair at my college and they were like oh so you're like learning arabic yeah do you have like interest in they love that like an international job like a job that lets you travel internationally and and then their pitch was that like i look racially ambiguous so like i could Mm. fit in anywhere do they're like do you want to help us surveil civilians like like traveling where 
mm-hmm. traveling and doing what? And they were like working. Yeah, having a good time. And so of course I said yes, and that's why I have this podcast, um, which by the way is at Big Story Naturals on Twitter and on mm. Instagram, and I'm at Commodify This, and and that's the whole episode. Bye. Bye. I need can answer he's to teach me what to think. Natural's.